51. Joining us today on Sturdy for 30 is Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch. He uh, covers Ohio State basketball, has the best job in Ohio, he says. So, Adam, tell us about the Buckeyes this year and what you've seen from them um, thus far. Yeah, it's a team that is still very much, I think, kind of finding its identity. And I think that's uh, probably pretty common for a lot of teams in the Big Ten right now when you're just dealing with, you know, elite team after elite team after elite team. Uh, they've got a lot of really interesting pieces that when they fit together can can play at a really high level. Uh, the challenging thing has been trying to figure out how to how to trim up that rotation and figure out on any given night, like which maybe eight or nine guys you want to go with. Um, if everybody is healthy, they've been playing 11 or 12 guys on, on, on a fairly consistent basis. Uh, they've dealt with some injuries as of late that have really, um, really kind of messed things up for them a little bit. And it's a team still, I mean, they they've, they relied very heavily on a guy like Caleb Weston for the last two years. He was their leading scorer and rebounder and he left early and, you know, trying to replace someone like that without a like for like body on the roster has meant they've had to figure out a few things as far as where their offense should be coming from, uh, what they can do defensively. So it's an interesting team. I, I, I truly enjoy every time I get to watch this team because I, I literally don't know like what I'm going to see or how it's going to turn out, but I feel like I'm going to learn something. Like it's just all the pieces are so fascinating to me trying to figure out how this team fits together best. So it's kind of a roundabout way of saying that. I don't know that anybody has a great handle on what this team is just yet, but they've got some good wins and they've played some good basketball lately. Yeah, they obviously have some talent, um, young talent. I mean, one Illinois kid, you know, EJ Liddell, of course, was a, you know, a coveted guy in Illinois and Illinois wanted him badly and Ohio State nabbed him. And he's been obviously a, a great player for the Buckeyes. Is, is there a, you mentioned injuries. It seems like um, they, they've been battling some injuries. What's the status of some of those guys heading into tomorrow? Yeah, so they're down, <clears throat> excuse me, they're down their top two options at the point. Uh, CJ Walker, um, who's a fifth-year senior guard, um, is out with uh, torn ligaments in his hand. This will be the third game now that he'll miss. He's been dealing with it all season, but they finally just decided to shut it down and try to let it rest and heal. So he won't play. And uh, Jimmy Sotos, who is his backup, is expected to be a game-time decision on Saturday. He injured his shoulder the first game without CJ when they played at, at Rutgers last Saturday and came away with, a, with an impressive win. I mean, really, really dominated Rutgers. Uh, and Jimmy was a big part of that. But with about four minutes to go, he was diving for a loose ball and landed hard on that shoulder as he kind of rolled and in immediate pain and had to come right out of the game, did not play in the Northwestern game. They haven't said what the injury is specifically other than it is a right shoulder injury, um, but we don't know if he will play or not on, on Saturday. And without those guys, they, they moved a, a player, uh, Justice Suing, moved to the point, and he's been a forward for them. He's a, he's a transfer from Cal. He's a, grew up in, in, um, in Hawaii, um, went to Cal, played there for two years, transferred, sat out of season, and has never played the point in his career. But they they like his he's really good at at, at driving, getting to the rim, drawing contact, um, and so they they felt this was something that, that might be in his wheelhouse that he might be able to handle that load. And honestly, against North uh, a Northwestern team that really gave Ohio State's guards some issues when they played uh, back in December, uh, Justice really handled himself well and uh, played well, and uh, the offense uh, clicked with him at the point. So um, without knowing whether or not Jimmy will play, I think you sort of expect a, a justice suing to, to reprise that role and, and go from being a, you know, a six, seven wing to a six, seven point guard. And I, I, if I'm not uh, 
if I remember correctly, you actually have an article about that today um, in in the dispatch, um, talking about you know his uh, his play at the point guard position. So they can find so they, out a little bit a deep dive there if they want. Thanks to. for the thanks for the plug. I appreciate that. All the clicks <laughs> help these days. <laughs> Understand? No. Uh, so as you as you look at this, you know Illinois obviously they they've got two guys that have been um, you know pretty consistent in Big Ten play. Um, Io DeSumo at guard uh, and then. Um, Kofi Coburn in the middle. How does how does Ohio State match up with uh, Coburn in the middle? Because that seems to be the issue that most teams have with Illinois. Is how do we how do we match up with seven foot two hundred and eighty five pounds? Yeah, that's a, um, they don't have a matchup for that. I mean, they just they straight up don't. What what they're going to have to rely on heavily is you want it. You need EJ Liddell and you need Kyle Young, um, who's a six eight center. Um, well, quote unquote center. I actually asked Chris Holman the other day. He said he doesn't consider either of those guys centers. I mean, Ohio State plays with with basically three forwards. They, they don't they don't utilize a traditional center. The only bo- sort of similar body they have on the roster is a seven foot uh, sophomore who's out with an MCL injury and was playing sparingly anyway. He would Kofi would eat him alive. So um, I, what what you expect to see is that Ohio State will, would rotate the likes of. EJ Liddell and Kyle Young and they have a freshman Zed Key who's been who's been really solid in in sort of limited playing time um but I would expect you see the three of them kind of rotating on Kofi trying really hard to use their their athleticism and they do play with a pretty good level of physicality um one of the one of the most interesting things I've heard about this team this season was Steve Peichel at Rutgers calling them the most physical team that they've played and when it's Rutgers coach saying that you're the most physical team they've played I mean that's you know from watching the league, Brad, that like that's a big deal. So they've got to bring a lot of that. Uh, they've got to try to use their their athleticism. They do have good sort of length, you know, maybe not just traditional height, but they they're they're long players. Um, they've had some success against guys like that, but then you know you go back a week and a half ago, and Liam Robbins, the seven footer at Minnesota, uh, just just annihilated them. I, mean, I think he had twenty eight and sixteen, got to the line for like thirteen or fourteen free throws. Um, They've had some issues when they've gone against elite size, and I don't think you find any more elite size in the Big Ten than you do in Kofi Coburn. So I'm not sure where they start with that one. Yeah, I, I think the you know, most teams have now started to double and you know you know post trap and things like that, trying to get the ball out of his hands if he gets it inside. Sure. So I think that's probably what you'll see. But it, it's a weird thing. Uh, you mentioned Zed Key, of course, he, his high school teammate. Um, Andre Corbello. Um, that, that's that'll be a fun match matchup watching those two. Obviously, different positions, but two guys that uh, um, come off the bench and provide a lot of uh, energy and excitement for their teams. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. And actually, uh, I talked, I did talk to Chris Holtman earlier this morning about that matchup and and just like what it was like watching them. He said how much fun it was to watch those two guys when they were scouting Zed um, to to get to see the two of them play. And he said how. Andre really made that team go and what a talented high school team that was. They said, and then it was, and Zed obviously anchored everything down low. I think you'll like watching Zed. Um, he's been, uh, you know, as well as I do in this, when you're covering this sport that like, you, you like the guys that have a little bit of personality, maybe a little bit of mm-hmm. flair to them and not, not from like a, um, not in a, not in a negative way, but just like there's a genuine love for playing the game, just a, like an excitement of, of being out there. And Zed is one of those dudes, like, he, he cracks his teammates up. Uh, he works hard. Uh, he's a big body. Um, you, if he ever, if he has the opportunity to get an and one, he does this thing called finger guns uh, where like he kind of points his fingers like, and he does it like to his teammates. He doesn't like show up the other team, but it's something he just kind of does to kind of celebrate in the moment. He said he used to do something like that in high school. Um, 
But then uh, when he got to college, he felt he needed something different. It just kind of came naturally when he got his first and one. So, you know, he's just, he's a fun dude. I'm excited to get to watch him over the next couple of years. And I, yeah, I think it's really cool to see two guys who were playing with each other a year ago get to face each other now in, you know, in a league like the Big Ten. I just think it's a neat, neat little wrinkle to this game. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I think it's really cool to see that, how they've come. Now, both these are two of the, when you kind of look at these two teams, you see two teams that are both ranked in the top 10 nationally in offensive efficiency. Um, should we expect a game that is, is pretty offensive or how do you, how do you see that playing out? Well, I think if Ohio State's making shots, then yes. Um, this is a team that a lot of their success this season has sort of been predicated on whether or not they've been making threes. And lately, they've done a better job of that. They, they really struggled coming out uh, the season to, to make shots from behind the arc, and that really held them back in some of their earlier games. Uh, but I do think, I think it's going to be a challenge. Ohio State's defense hasn't quite been at the level that we would expect um, from Chris Holtman. Like, I, as I look at it right now, they're 56th in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Like last year, they were 19th, the year before 25th, and the year before 15th. So it's generally a top 30 defense uh, nationally under Chris Holtman, and they're not at that level. And some of that is just, like I said, the lack of having some true uh, post size. I think that has impacted them. They don't have elite on-ball defenders like they've maybe had in the past with an Andre Wesson or a Luther Muhammad. Um, so I say all that to say that I, I do think Ohio State, to an extent, might have to try to outscore Illinois, which I know can be uh, a fool's errand right there because obviously Illinois can can put it up on you in a hurry. Um, but I do think they're going to have to put up a fair number of points. I'm interested. I, I'm I'm maybe the thing I'm most surprised by is that Ohio state with all the question marks that I think I've had for this team's offense, they are the number eight team in offense, offensive efficiency like that. That is a surprising number to me at this point. I'm curious to see if that can, if they can maintain that I, I will, it will be a significant um, uh, you know, check mark for them as far as things they can accomplish because um, there's not, when you came into this season, we don't, we didn't know who's going to be the leading scorer. Who's going to be the go-to guy. Who do you look to for big shots? Like, there's so many questions about this offense. So for them to be where they are right now, I think is impressive. Um, and I'm curious to see if they can do it now against a team that uh, I picked to win the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, you, to your point about three-point shooting, it looks to me, uh, I think they're two and three when they've shot under 20, you know, under 26% from three. And then they're undefeated when they shoot 28% or higher or something like that from behind the arc. So obviously making three-point shots a big part for everybody, but – for Ohio State, it may tell the tale for them on how they're able to win. So, so just to, to wrap up, what do you what do you what do you, what's your prediction for tomorrow? Do you have a you have a prediction that we're gonna what, of what we're gonna see? I think it's gonna be a fun game, and I think Ohio State will will at least keep it competitive. Like I don't I, I don't think this is going to be um, you know a, a twenty point loss necessarily. Like I think back to when they played at Minnesota back on January third, they lost by seventeen. It was kind of close. Um, for about the first 10, 12 minutes or so the Minnesota pulled away and it was never really competitive from there. I think Ohio State's grown a little bit from that point. And I think that uh, the addition of, a, of moving Justice Suing to the point, um, while C.J. Walker does a lot of really, really good things, it is like a, a sort of a traditional classic point guard. Um, Justice is a little more offensive minded and, and can get the offense going, I think maybe in a different way than C.J. could. I still think this is a better team with C.J., but I think that uh, with justice, run, if justice is running the point, if Jimmy Sotos isn't able to play, um, you know, I, I think the, the offense should should find some shots. And you know, maybe it's a maybe it's still a close game with seven eight minutes to go, and then and then who knows? But um, I just I'm 
I don't have a great feel on, on how this one turns out. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of trying to talk my, talk myself into an answer here. And I'm, as I go around it, I'm just thinking I, I, I would be surprised if Ohio state came home with a win um, just because I think that um, I think there are tiers in the big 10 and I think Illinois is in a, is in a tier ahead of the big 10 right now. Um, but you know, the, the way that Ohio state played uh, against Northwestern on Wednesday, the way they played at Rutgers, uh, maybe they're figuring a few things out about themselves and uh, maybe that's enough to, to pull off what would be a, would certainly be the biggest win of the season for them, but um, I'm not sure that I would predict an Ohio state win. Yeah. And I think in the big 10 this year, there's nothing easy. You know, it's one of yes. those things. Yes. every game, every night's a different, you know, a different battle, different matchup, different um, scenario. So it, it, but it is fun. That makes it fun. You know, you don't have any of these yep. uh, sure wins. I mean, everything is, everything comes down to who's going to make those plays in, in the possession game. So, Hey, Adam, except I, for North, except for North, or uh, excuse me, except for Nebraska. Correct. I, although That's, Nebraska did, I thought they were going to beat Indiana the other day. I was watching a little bit I, of that game down the stretch. and um, That is yeah. true. But I feel like anytime this season that I have to watch Nebraska, I feel like I'm being cheated almost because every other game, I feel like it's just going to be a barn burner or it's going to be exciting. Yep. There's something to take from it. Nebraska is just the outlier. Yeah, I actually did a Nebraska preview uh, video or uh, audio here before the Nebraska game with Illinois got canceled. So it, it was one of those games you're kind of, I guess it's a win, but you weren't like heartbroken that that game got canceled because I don't think they were really excited about it, but, but, <laughs> but here we go. So Saturday should be fun though. I'm excited to see it. And Hey, uh, we'll see you in the state farm center. I assume we'll see you on Saturday over there in uh, Champaign. Yeah. First time in, I think four or five years, Chris Holtman, a Chris Holtman team has never played at, at the state farm center. I, the last time Ohio State was there, Fad Model was the coach, which wow. is just for those weird schedule quirks. But also, they did play, I believe it was Holtman's second season, they played at the United Center. Illinois That's gave right. up a home game to play a neutral site game, which ended up being like 60% Ohio State fans. And I, for the life of me, will never understand the, the decision to do something like that. Like, when you, when you have a, the potential to play a home game and you give up a home game to play a neutral site game, like, it just – uh, yeah. I don't get it, but that's just me. Yeah, no, that's, that's that, I remember that. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I tell you, it's um, yeah, it's it's weird the the way the scheduling quirks work out where you may not see a team for you know three or four years in your town. But I will say the State Farm Center is a little bit different now. So yeah, so so as we kind of look at this, you know, I'm I'm excited to see this uh, this game tomorrow, and I appreciate you coming on today. And uh, you know, we'll see you at the State Farm Center for the first time in four or five years, and uh, and uh, should be fun. Yeah, I can't wait to be there. Thanks so much for having me. And I love the name. You got a great name for this. this is, <laughs> well, we got that tough. going for us. So there we go. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, thanks, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me.